Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. Now, listen, Cameron Fields, unfortunately, he moved on to a new job, so wishing Cam all the best luck in the world. But that means I have to get a little creative to continue to bring you guys more content. So for today's episode, I teamed up with Justin Quinn over at Celtics Wire and his co-host of the Celtics Lab podcast, Josh Coyne. And because the Celtics and the Sixers are going to be matching up round one of the playoffs, we decided to bring in Al Horford's sister, Anna Horford, to preview the series with us and talk about the difference between Philadelphia fans and Boston fans and all of that stuff in between. So with that being said, sit back, relax, and listen to our conversation with Anna Horford. Welcome inside the Celtics Lab Bellringer Crossover Pod. I'm Justin Quinn, and I'm joined by Kai Carlin of the Bellringer Pod and Josh Quinn of Celtics Lab and Double Clutch UK. We're doing a crossover for hopefully obvious reasons with the Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers set to face one another in the postseason. But this year, there's a new wrinkle, and it's a little awkward. Al Horford is now a 76er. To that end, we brought on a special guest who can talk about that awkwardness perhaps a bit better than anyone on Earth, save maybe Al himself. Welcome, Anna Horford. How are you uh, doing today? Hi, I'm doing excellent. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you. Very much so. Um, so how how are you feeling about this? Just really in a really general top level sense, like how how are you feeling about this 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 meeting? Um, well, I feel very conflicted, obviously. Um, there's, you know, that sense of wanting to support my family and my brother and his team. Uh, but also, you know, they happen to be playing one of my favorite teams that I still love very, very much. Um, and it still kind of feels like we're part of the Celtics family in a way, um, me and my siblings at least. And so, yeah, it's it's very conflicting. I mean, I, I can't speak to how, how they do things with the Philadelphia fan base, but at least with the Celtics, once you put on the uniform, you know, you're ours forever. So <laughs> <laughs> get used to it. Um, now, over the regular season, Philly pretty much owned the Celtics, three games to one. Uh, but now the 76ers are, are dealing with the loss of, of Ben Simmons, with the knee issues. Um, but you know the thing we really want to focus on most today, since you know you're our guest, uh, is seeing Al as as a Sixer uh, from from both perspectives, both from both ours and from uh, from the Philadelphia 76er side. Kai, Kai, what are your thoughts about this dynamic? What do you what, what what what's on your mind? What what do you want to know more about? Yeah, Anna, I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Al and Joel, uh, I guess, pairing because a lot of the Sixers fans they get very upset that Al and Joel don't really work. And even though the eye test looks like they don't exactly work out on the floor, the numbers say differently. So I wanted to get your thoughts on Al so far in Philly this season. Yeah, so I think it's been a really big adjustment for him. It's definitely, I mean, anytime you join a new team, you have to figure out where you fit exactly. And you have to figure out the chemistry with your new teammates and You know, if you don't have things like chemistry, no matter how much talent you have on the team, things can fall apart pretty quickly. So I think Philly, in general, as a team, has really struggled to find their groove and to find their chemistry. And Al was just so solid with the Celtics. He had a really great relationship with all the players. And, you know, that really, really matters on and off the court. So 
Um, so I think he is still just getting used to things in Philly. And obviously this season is, you know, <laughs> nothing like this has quite ever happened before with COVID and the bubble and, and everything. Right. So that, that doesn't really help things, you know, them being off for a few months as well. So I don't think that they've really had, you know, the appropriate amount of time to find their groove, which I think has really worked against them. Now, one more thing I actually wanted to, to ask you, Anna, like, like real quick, I'm sorry, just real quick. Uh, Al mentioned last night that, you know, he's really been proud of Jason Tatum and, you know, like the, his ability to just his score and, and um, his, like, the fact that he's developed his game so quickly. And he really just kind of zeroed in on him when it comes to this playoff series. Uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts not just on Jason's game and that relationship that Al and Jason have. I mean, if you've noticed anything over the last couple of years in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I think the young guys, especially, you know, uh, Jalen and Jason have really looked up to Al as like a role model. And, you know, Al is definitely, I've said this in so many interviews, was the dad of the team. Essentially, you know, he'd always give them advice. And I think they really respected that because a lot of guys, you know, veteran players can sometimes brush off the young guys or, you know, Al was very hands on um, with trying to teach them what he knew and how to stay in the league for a long time, how to be successful, how to be a good teammate. So, yeah, I think that they just had a really solid relationship foundation. Obviously, you know, Jason has been so amazing um, he's only going to get better. And I think the same goes for Jalen and so many of the guys, you know, on that team. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, they've, they've done amazing this year. I think, uh, I think Al definitely, you know, misses his teammates. It's hard when you're, you know, on a team with guys and day in, day out, you see each other and you get close and stuff. And then the next thing, you know, you know, you're on a completely different team, essentially, having to, you know, start fresh, a new family. Um, so, so yeah, it, it does kind of take a toll. But, um, you know, the guys back in Boston have been doing amazing this year. I don't think anyone can, you know, um, can say otherwise. So I think, I think from afar, he's probably really proud of them. Hi, Anna, it's Josh. Uh, we've spoken a few times before. Firstly, uh, it feels absolutely excellent to be in a podcast with someone like Justin and be in the time zone, uh, not in the time zone minority, which is great. So thank you for your <laughs> life decisions. Oh, um, yeah, of course. So how is life in the Isle of Wight, firstly? And what is what was the favorite Br British expression that you've picked up? Oh, my gosh. There are so many strange ones. Like, I know you guys basically invented the language, but English over here <laughs> is bizarre. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed my time here. Um, spent a little bit of time in London as well. Obviously, with COVID going on, um, we haven't been able to do as much as we planned. I was supposed to do a lot of traveling. Um, that didn't really happen. But England has embraced me with open arms. So it's been really great. Um, as far as some like British idioms that I like to hear i don't necessarily say because i'm american they just sound weird um <laughs> i really like cheeky mm -hmm. um i really like chuffed just because they're like <laughs> okay. fun to say you know right. um 
And also, I don't know if this is because I watched too much Love Island, but I also love like when people say fit. Like, okay, oh, yeah, they're yeah. so fit. Um, yeah, so instead of hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of hot, like, oh, yeah, he's fit or she's fit. Um, and then there are the weird ones like give me a tinkle on the blower. And I, okay, I, You're, no, you've gone way too far down the road. What does that now. mean? Do I want to know? <laughs> like, seriously, I, like, the people that I've been, you know, um, staying with and, and whatnot, they say the strangest things, um, my boyfriend's family, and and sometimes it just makes you kind of scratch your head, like, where am I even? <laughs> like... <laughs> So just to clarify for the other guys, that blower is phone, but I'm not entirely sure what's being insinuated by give me a tinkle. But let's talk basketball. <laughs> you, you really kind of threw yourself, like you said, into the kind of Celtics fan community, um, the years when I was actually in Boston. And of course, you gained a, a big following from Boston because of that, and you continue uh, to support them, and they continue to support you. But how would you... Describe your late relationship with Philly fans so far. You know, <laughs> I don't really have the strongest relationship, I suppose, with Philly fans. I think they're really, really put off by the fact that I don't, you know, publicly, like, criticize Boston and that I still like to see, you know, everyone thrive on that team. Like, I still am liking tweets yes. about you know, about how well the guys are doing and stuff. But, I mean, you can't really blame me for that. Like, I know them, you know, it, it yeah. was three amazing seasons. The city really embraced our family. So I think that they do take that the wrong way, and they just kind of would like to see me drop the Celtics completely. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to do that just because a bunch of people I don't know want me to. So, well, so I, guess that, I guess that's a case yeah. of you know, you have a personal relationship with those people and that's probably what people don't understand, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's just, I, like I said, the city in general, I still go there, like, since Al stopped playing, like, um, you know, I've I've been there a couple of times and I still love the city, I still love the people, I still love the fans and they say the best things to us still, like, if for this series, I saw someone tweet, you know, winner of the series gets to keep the Horfords. Like, that was like a Boston <laughs> fan tweeting. And I'm like, and me and my siblings do that. And we're like, oh, my God, we love you guys so much. <laughs> I mean, if I could just interject, like, like real quick, just being being from the Philadelphia area, like, I can tell you that that animosity between Philly and Boston, it, it, it is not just, like, with basketball. I mean, the Sixers and the Celtics are just huge rivals no matter what, but you got the Phillies and the Red Sox fans going at each other. They're not even in the same league. And then you've got uh, the Eagles and the Patriots, obviously Philadelphia knocking off New England in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It, it, it's a huge thing, so... I mean, people even say Dunkin' Donuts in Philly is better than the Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. Just stupid stuff like that, just because it is Philly-Boston. So, really, I guess I don't really take it personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's super strange. And I think that, um, I don't know, I think that they just don't really understand, like, our connection to Boston and whatnot. And right. definitely rubs them the wrong way. But they, at the same time, it's really weird, like... I don't feel like Philly embraced us the same way that Boston did. Like, Al didn't come out, you know, scoring, like, 20 points and getting 20 rebounds, which he's never done. 
And they were like, "Um, excuse me, we paid you a lot of money. You should be doing more. (laughs) And it's like, do you even understand what type of player he is? Um, Right. And, you know, I think he's just, I think it's been challenging for him to fit into this system. And, and you can, I think I tweeted something like you can be one of the best players in the world, but you know, if there's, if there's no chemistry and if they're, if you're not being played the right way, then, you know, you're not going to see results. So I think that's been an issue as well. 100% correct. Like, like def- definitely 100% agree. Um, uh, Justin, I know you wanted to add something, so, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the the fit issue. Um, it really just, you know, defensively, we all were expecting one of the best defenses in the league, maybe all time, uh, with so many good defensive players, but for whatever reason, they have not really clicked as well as they should have on that end, and the spacing is just terrible. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, Anna, what you think of this situation. Not that it's, you know, in any way a good situation, uh, but at least for Al, Al's fit, it's going to be, I think, an improvement. Um, I'm just wondering what your, what your thoughts are on how they, you think he's going to be used and what you expect to see based on the situation Philly's in now. Yeah, so I think, I mean, hopefully you'll see more of Al. It's, I thought it was a really strange move um, for uh, Brett Brown to, you know, bench Al. Um, he's never not started ever in his entire career. And I understand that they really wanted, you know, um, the bench to have like a really um, – to come in really strongly. So, so they added Al, you know, to the bench, but I think, I think there have been some questionable choices on, on how they're using him. Um, but Al is a major playoff player. Like he's never not made the playoffs his entire career and everyone knows that's when he really shines. So it's like, yes, yeah, steady, steady throughout the season, but then the playoffs come around and he turns into playoff Al, you know, a different you know, he's on a different level, essentially. And Philly should know that better than anyone because he gave them a really hard time, you know, um, in, in the playoffs. And, and he was, you know, a major reason why the Celtics were able to, you know, come out on top. And Philly knows that. He was a nightmare for them. And then they're going to turn around and be like, oh, well, we don't think he's that good. It's like, well... I mean, he used to shut you down game after game, so I don't know where you're getting that from. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think that he'll really step up and come into his own. Um, hopefully, he is you know given the opportunity to do that. And yeah, I think they still just need to find some chemistry though as well. Perfect, Josh. You had a comment? Yeah. So. You kind of touched upon it then, but um, how much do you, obviously you've said that he's the kind of most experienced postseason player on the Philly roster. Um, how much of a factor do you think that will play and how much do you think that that's a kind of something that the Philly fans aren't understanding at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, you just really have to take a look at all of the you know playoffs over the years that Al's competed in and um, look at the type of player he is and how he facilitates and and whatnot and I think that Philly just really needs to find a way to play better together Mm -hmm. if that makes sense I mean obviously it's a team sport um but with Ben out it's 
also going to be really, really challenging. You know, he is significant. He's a major presence. He's essential to the team's flow of things. So not having him in there, I'm hoping, you know, that they'll find some creative ways to kind of step up their game and hopefully Al can contribute to that. Okay. Yeah, actually, to that point, I think Brett the other day mentioned that he's hoping that Al can flip things defensively in this series uh, for Philadelphia. I think, like, Brett and the Sixers definitely remember Al making such a huge impact in the 2018 playoffs when he basically shut down Joel and Ben. So now Brett believes that now that Al is on their side, they've already felt the pain before. Now Al can actually help them in this series to really be able to flip things defensively and to be able to defend Jason and Jalen to the best of his abilities. I wanted to get your thoughts on on your brother and, and Al, you know, like what he can do in this series and how do you think he can really help the team out defensively in this upcoming series against Boston? Yeah, so I think that obviously it gives them a bit of an edge because Al knows Boston. He knows how these guys play. He knows their weaknesses. He knows their strengths. I think that that'll be a major... Um, you know, a major point um, in trying to, you know, beat them. So, so I think that that will work, you know, in Philly's favor, but at the same time, um, you know, like I, like you guys said, and I said with Ben out and with just um, some of the injuries and issues this team has had, they're really, really going to have to, you know, come together, work as a team and, um, yeah, just try to figure it out because Boston's, you know, they're really good. They're great. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting series. I think it's going to be an entertaining series, and especially because of this rivalry between the two teams. Um, you know, I'm not looking forward to being on Twitter during this whole thing. I'm going to yeah. get demolished, like, no matter what I do. Like, yeah. It's, it's, I'm just not going to win. So, so I'm, you know, I'm a little anxious about that. So it yeah. might be time, it might be time for a bit of, um, kind of, um, online social media cleansing for a week or so. But, um, you said that obviously you're going to kind of get that kind of backlash, what, whatever way you turn, but in terms of kind of Al and his, um, the amount he's tuned into kind of any public perception, um, how do, how much do you think any of the reaction from Philadelphia fans so far will have affected Al, if at all? So Al doesn't really pay much attention to social media, um, negative comments, you know, especially he does that for his own sanity, I think. Um, and I, but I do think that he hears bits and pieces, which really kind of, I think, will light a fire under most of these guys, most athletes, when they, you know, hear so much negative, you know, um, so many negative opinions about them that it'll kind of get under their skin because they're human. Um, but I have never encountered such a negative fan base. And I'm not saying that as a whole, <laughs> I'm saying that as like the people who come into my mentions and like, yeah. even when the Philly Twitter account tweets and they like, Al will have like, you know, hit a, hit a three or something. And they, they tweet like a small video of it. And then you get 50 comments under it. Like still sucks. We hate him. Um, you know, like get him off the team. Like his form is terrible. Like he could shoot, oh my God. he could shoot five for five from three and they'll be like terrible form. Like go, <laughs> go walk in front of a car. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. 
it's just it's it's a bit much and i wish that they were just a bit more like ride or die and i think that's mm-hmm. what i really respected about the celtics fan base because not that they're not hard on their players but they'll ride for their players like and i feel like philly fans are like if you mess up once like you're dead to me <laughs> and yeah yeah so well i mean they they have, they have a motto anna it's called bullying works like they truly believe like legit like like this is not a joke uh whenever they like i saw i see so many tweets on, on twitter from like random philly fans like after they boo like their guys during the game and the players respond and go on like a run they will immediately go to twitter and be like i told you guys bullying works bullying works we need to keep bullying them like this is a mindset that these people have no like, it just so, makes them um, look like assholes <laughs> right, right, exactly, like a hundred percent. But it's just it's kind of who they are. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw, a, I heard a conversation earlier this week with Embiid. I think it might have been on the JJ Reddit podcast, and he was he was talking about uh, when they booed him earlier in the season and how actually yeah. it kind of wildly affected his feelings towards the fans. He didn't really allude to what he meant there, but he kind of said that, and it <laughs> my mind was kind of it made me kind of numb to my relationship with them. Is that kind of yeah. how, is that, do you think sometimes that happens with players in Philadelphia? And other places, of course, but do you think it happens in Philadelphia, Kai? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, you, sorry. <laughs> oh no, 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 listen, you're good, you're good. Uh, honestly, Josh, I feel like it just kind of comes down to a player's mindset. Like, you know, if you're one of those guys who can thrive off of criticism, you can thrive off of the booing, then that you're going to be great in Philadelphia because that's what the fans do. If you do not perform up to their abilities, then, then hey, they're going to let you know about it. Uh, but then if, on the other, on the flip side, if you're a guy who really wilts at being booed, being criticized, not just by the fans, but the media as well, then listen, you might as well pack your things and get out of Philly because it doesn't work that way. The fans here have very high expectations uh, no matter who is on your team. You know, during even the process era, fans were upset that they were losing as much as they were. But at the same time, like that was a different situation. But the point is Philly fans expect winning. They expect 100% effort each and every night. And if you don't do it, then, you know, it is what it is. I mean, even from the media. I mean, listen, I get people in my DMs and my mentions all the time telling me that I suck and everything. So you got to kind of just ignore it, know what you can do, and keep pushing forward. It's wild as well because Boston's not exactly kind of built up a reputation as a fan base that are kind of timid towards their own players. Right, but Philly is a different animal. I'll always say that to people. Philly is a much different animal. I will grant that they are consistent. If nothing else. Yes. Yes, they definitely are. Now, and I, I guess it's kind of like one final question from me. Uh, you mentioned Al and uh, his relationship with the younger guys over there in Boston. I don't know if you've talked to him at all this year about the younger guys in Philly, like Matisse Thibel for Concord Mas. They are two guys who have come out and really praised Al for being a leader and I guess quote, the quote unquote dad of the team. Uh, what, what it really is it about him that really makes him such a great veteran leader on any team that he's on. Yeah, so I think that anyone who's played with Al over the years knows that he's, like, and this just sounds weird coming from me because I'm his sister, but, like, the ultimate professional. Um, right. You know, coaches love him, GMs love him, teammates love him, and I think it's because he's just really 
good at what he does and he's learned a lot over the years and he's always willing to help and willing to look out for like the younger guys and whatnot. And I think that's something a lot of Philly fans don't realize is the value of having a veteran player like Al on the team, not just for, you know, filling the, the stat sheet, but for his presence and for, you know, um, he, he's been here before. So, so I think that that's, you know, invaluable. I think people need to, to realize that it's not just about the box score. Um, it's, it's so much more than that. Definitely. I definitely 100% agree. So we won't ask you to pick sides in this series since we already know the answer, but any, <laughs> any predictions, uh, number of games, people uh, who are going to do well and ultimately win? I mean, like I said, I feel like no matter what I say, I'm going to be upsetting people. Of course. So Just be honest. I think, I think it's going to be a very challenging series for Philly. So I will say that. I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be a sweep or they're not going to step up. Um, but I do think it's going to be quite challenging, especially without Ben. Um, you know, he's, like I said, he's a major facilitator and... Um, he's really essential to their process. So, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I don't even want to say how many games I think it's going to be. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be an entertaining series at least. And social media will be very entertaining throughout the series as well. Um, if my Twitter goes dark, you guys know why. Um, yep. But I don't know if I'll be able to, you know, restrain myself. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope that both teams do well. I, I, I do want to say that. I hope both teams, <laughs> I hope both teams do well, um, and that, and that Al does well, obviously, and that it's, it's a, it's a good, entertaining series. Josh, any predictions? Um, firstly, great way to sit on the fence there, Anna. You did that very, <laughs> very, very smartly. Um, and I'm going to say Boston is six. That's what I'm leaning towards myself. Kai? Listen, before Ben's injury, I was sitting here saying, you know what, Sixers are going to beat them five. It's a no-brainer. Between Joel and Al, uh, Boston just doesn't have the bigs with Daniel Tyson and Ennis Cantor to match up with, you know, two elite big men like that over the course of seven games. I was picking Philly in five. Because of that, combined with Ben Simmons' elite defensive you know, presence out on the perimeter against Boston's wings. But now that Ben is gone and you're putting a lot of pressure now on the rookie, Matisse Thibel, you're putting a lot of pressure on Josh Richardson. And, you know, Joel is dealing with a lingering ankle issue. It's not really serious, but the point is he's dealing with something again. And at this point, I don't know if the Sixers can keep up with Boston in terms of, you know, their explosive scoring and everything else in between three-point shooting. So I'm going to have to roll with the Celtics in six now. <laughs> yeah, I think the main issue is going to be kind of... I think the main issue is going to be kind of death by options for Boston, isn't it? Um, I think that um, if you think about maybe like Thibel does a really good job on Kemba and then you find some way to, without Ben, to guard Tatum and Brown. Um, right. And then, Hayward. Then you, yeah, that's exactly what I'm about to say. I mean, when, then the X factor becomes if you have a confident and aggressive Gordon Hayward, then I think it's just a, a matter of death by options for Philadelphia unless they find a way to kind of really overwhelm this Boston team, as they have been before with size. And if there is anyone to do that, I guess it's Joel Embiid, but we'll see. Boston is six. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
What are we working on, Anna? Horford Happy Hour. What's going on with that? Yeah, so I'm in season three of Horford Happy Hour, um, and I have a few more episodes left in this season. Um, still with the CLNS Media Network in, you guessed it, Boston. Um, lots of ties to the city people. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's going really well. Might um, be doing some more, like, on-camera stuff, things like that. Um, but basically, you know, just drinking and talking, uh, which never gets old for me. So, so, yeah, it's going really, really well. All right. Josh, what are you up to? We should be looking for uh, so- so I, uh, I write a lot on Double Clutch UK about basketball, and I run a live music podcast called Handstamp Podcast, which Anna has kindly uh, been a guest for. Um, and we stream every Monday night on Double Clutch as well. So we'll be doing that this week coming. Um, look out, Double Clutch UK. Excellent, Kai. I'm just getting ready for Monday. I'm going to be pushing out a bunch of articles and a bunch of posts to figure out a way for the Sixers to beat the Celtics and and uh, hoping that uh, I say as positive as possible so nobody comes out to me on Twitter. So, yeah, that is going to be my weekend. Right. Well, you can catch all the same coverage uh, from our point of view on the Celtics Wire. Uh, I think we're going to have some crossover stuff with Sixers Wire coming up as well, because why not? Um, so, yeah, that's what we've got going on. Anna, thank you very much for powering through this with us and giving some of your time. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, yes, thank you thank guys you. so much. Thank you. I'm already nervous for this series. I don't know about you guys, but... Very. Yeah. <laughs> very. <laughs> very. I'm chuffed to have caught up with you, Anna. Amazing. Love it. Well, you can find the pod on most podcatcher apps. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, just let us know with a comment on Twitter with the hashtag CLPOD, CLPOD. We are always trying to bring you the deepest dives into Celtics coverage, and hopefully you did that today. Take care, y'all. <laughs>